Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. After the week that Australia's had in our national public life, I thought we'd kick off Open House tonight with a fresh new start and a challenge for all of us for tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday, which we'll get to in a moment. I must say, when I saw all of our political leaders in action this week, I fairly despaired of them all. I just thought, can't we please end this soap opera and get on with running the country? I expect lots of people thought much the same. So enough of that. Here's our fresh start for this new week to look on the bright side of life. Fill our glasses half full. Although you can't underestimate what a challenge it might be. There's something in most of us, I think, where, as the psychologist Roy Baumeister has put it, bad is stronger than good. It's always so much easier to, for instance, when someone is praising us or our work, it's almost a given that we'll obsess about the tiniest amount of correction or criticism. Bad is stronger than good. Do you know what we mean? I'd love to kick off an open house conversation on this for you to share with us Ways in which being that glass half full person, how it's helped in your life, even if it's just once, you've had to exercise a choice to think more positively than negatively. Are you one of those who's been able to do that? Give us an example of where that's actually worked. Share it with us on 1300 40 20 20. Or has someone extended to you an act of generosity or optimism? They've chosen to think the best of you for your good or done something to you where good has turned out to be stronger than bad. I guess another way of putting it is in the words of the old but important Sunday school song, count your blessings. It really can be a significant thing to just stop, sit back and think for a moment about some of the good things in your life. And you may well be surprised what the Lord has done, as the song goes. I'd love you to share with us some of those good things, maybe small, everyday, simple, yet significant things. They may be much bigger. I think we all need our sights and spirits lifted a bit, especially after this last week, heading into this new week. Give us a call, one three hundred forty twenty twenty. Executive coach Andrew May got us thinking about all this. He's been contemplating all the negativity that consumes so much of our public life. And I'll put my hand up. I've surely got to include the news business in it all, where I mostly dwell. And Andrew's the one who's putting up this 48-hour challenge for us all for Monday and Tuesday. Andrew May, welcome to Open House. Lee, thank you for having me on. Great to have you on. What kicked off your thinking about this? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I write a blog for Fairfax and, and do a bit of other work in media and and also in education. And, and I find, Lee, when people make comments, they, they tend to focus on the negatives, meaning, you know, when you, you write a blog, a lot of people get on there and say, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. So I thought with the Twitter trolls out there recently and the, the, the press about Charlotte Dawson and Robbie Farah and how it's been in Parliament the last week, I thought I'd put a positive article out there and see, see whether people made negative comments. I hate to be negative because it is getting worse, isn't it? It's getting much worse. I think we can hide behind the anonymity of a... a name or a hashtag on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, Aaron Sorkin's new, uh, I'm sure you love the newsroom, right? It's right yes. up your alley. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's a great scene in there where, where they call people to actually open up about who they are. So they don't hide behind a, an anonymous name and they got no negative comments. So <laughs> there's a yes. combination of watching that and also just seeing what was happening out there, just so much negativity. You've got to say this, though. It is easier to be negative than positive, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, look, it is, and I'm, I'm sure people listening to your show can resonate on this. Um, for those who've got children, the kids come home with an exam result and go, Mum, Dad, Dad, I've got 18 out of 20. And a lot of people will automatically say, so what did you get wrong? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't mean you're a bad parent, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can have a, a performance review and they might give you 10 comments. Nine of them are saying you're doing a fantastic job, we're liking this. One bit of constructive feedback and we walk away and what do we think about the constructive feedback. Yeah, so why is that then? Why is it easier to be negative than positive? Because you've thought through this. Yeah, well, the, the human brain has a filter that we tend to go into this survival mode and look at what's wrong. Some theorists go back to this as, you know, pre-times uh, where we are now where we have technology and you're walking around and if, if you see a Tyrannosaurus rex or a tiger, bad needs to outweigh good, right? Yes, because uh, <laughs> you, you've got to run and get away from it. Yeah. But uh, look, I think in the modern world, though, it's like it's so busy, isn't it? We get caught up being busy and we're connected with Facebook and we're connected with technology, but a lot of us now are just not having that, I'm sounding a bit old-fashionedly, but that you know, that, that contact that we used to have in the old days where you just talk to people and you, you focus on great experiences rather than tweeting, linking, connecting and whatever else. I think we've lost the ability to slow down and, and, and I also think we've lost the ability to focus on what we've got rather than getting caught up by what we haven't got. And, and I know that's a, that's a theme that you often talk about as well. Yes, as I said, count your blessings. You're not saying that we should be cheesily, unendingly joyous, gloriously happy that there's no place for correction and critical thinking. Yeah, I think there's a word for that sort of behaviour that we can't repeat on your show for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, I, I do a lot of keynote speaking and I think sometimes I think, oh, God, here we go, you know, we've got the motivator coming in and it's not about, you know, clap your hands and go to Kansas. It's not about if you think you can, you can. Yeah. The reality is, like, we have bad days and, and that's a normal part of human condition. And, and what I love now about the, the new psychology, the, the positive psychology, is it's not just all about happy emotions, you know, it's feel good emotions. It's about the balance of emotions in life. And, and one of the leading researchers in this, and in fact, a woman who's dedicated her life to studying human emotion is, is a lady named Barbara Fredrickson. And she's done research showing it's about the balance from negative emotions to positive emotions. And a person that is flourishing, which is, a, I suppose, a buzzword for someone who's happy, someone who's connected, someone who's living life at a, a very rich pace, it's one automatic negative thought or one constructive thought to three to five positive thoughts. That's the right balance. That'll take a fair bit of work if our instinct is to be negative and cautious. Yeah, I find when I'm, I'm working with groups or even when I'm working with coaching clients or, to be honest, if I'm working with myself, Lee, that <laughs> um, it's hard sometimes to, to move away from the negative. And I think what's really important for your listeners here, it's not about being positive all day. It's just about having more positive emotions and more positive experiences than it is to have negative ones. Um, we need critical thinking. If you don't have critical thinking, companies don't get better. If you don't have critical thinking, safety standards don't improve. So it's not about no negative thoughts. What I really like about it, though, is it gives people permission. It's okay to have a bad day, yes. but we now know there's skills out there for people to acknowledge, look, a bad day doesn't have to become a bad week, a bad month and a bad life. Um, there's a lot you can do now around training, especially psychological training, for those people who have a predisposition to always look at the negative. You, you can get support and, and you, can, you can really look at developing some great skills in this area. I know that would take much longer than a short radio interview, but are there practical tips you can give us about how we might move towards that? 
I've got a challenge for you and your listeners. Yeah, this is what we want. So here it is. It's the 48-hour positivity challenge. So we'd like everyone listening to allocate time for two whole days, 48 hours, where you only focus on the positives in life. Now, uh, if there's negative stuff, it doesn't mean you ignore it. Just don't comment on it. So if you go to a meeting at work that is an hour of your life you'll never get back, uh, look at some of the positives. If you work with a colleague that frustrates you, they, they always get you uptight, try and look at some of the positives. Um, for those in permanent relationships, when your partner come back, comes back and, and tells you that something wrong, thank them for it. Watch the look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> Have a bit of fun with it. But all jokes aside, I often get people to do this, Lee, and they come back and say, it is so hard. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How do you do it then? It's fine to have that goal, and I promise I will for the next two days. But how do you do that? What are your tips? Yeah, well, here's where we turn it from, a, I suppose, a bit of a game or a bit of a challenge into reality. Well, what this activity does is it, it highlights to a lot of people, one, how the default is often to look at what's wrong. Yes. And that's part of changing your thinking. It's to raise self-awareness. So without self-awareness, you can't actually change any behaviour. But secondly, once you've identified a lot of those automatic negative thoughts you're having, and for a lot of people, it might be, you know, personalizing. Something happens at work and then you, you take it on, it's all your fault, or someone walks past and doesn't talk to you and you think, oh my goodness, I've done something wrong, that they may have had some bad news. So the second thing, though, we want to do is try and identify, well, why am I having those automatic negative thoughts on a regular basis? It could be that's how you grew up. There's a genetic predisposition to this. You find... If your mum and dad were quite negative, there's a, there's a chance you've inherited some of that. A lot of it's around conditioning, and a lot of it just becomes habit. And the third step to raise self-awareness, number one. Two is identify why you're having those thoughts. Third, and this is the really important part, is looking at, is there an alternative? Can I perhaps look at this another way? And, and while we, we, we have a bit of fun with the 48-hour positivity challenge, it's really done to try and help people identify the thoughts and then see whether after two days it's actually changing. Are they focusing more on what's right? And are they able to reauthor some of that internal wiring? Probably a fourth step would be to just tie a elastic band around my finger and remind me of it all day, every day. <laughs> well, there is a fourth one, so you've led me to that. And the final one is <laughs> if, if you practice this over a couple of months. So the, the 48-hour challenge is a bit of fun, right? Sure. But if people practice this over a couple of months and look at the thoughts they're having, try and identify why... Uh, and one of the really, really good ways of doing this is to get a thought journal and actually write your thoughts down in black and white. And what often happens when people do this is you actually see, well, that, that is quite an irrational thought. Why was I thinking like that? And then the fourth part is we tend to reorder or we tend to have different thoughts. But again, it's, it's very much as you say. It's not click your heels and, you know, rub your hands together, the magic potion. It's not that at all. It takes a number of months. In fact, some people a number of years to reorder the way they think, but you, you can change the way you think. Yes. You say there are a number of very significant ways in which this is actually good for us, good for our health, good for our body and mind. There's so much research out now showing that positivity, again, positivity is not happy, happy all day. It's just more positive emotions than negative emotions. You don't get sick as much. Wouldn't that be nice if we had less flus and less sickness and less disease? Yeah. Um, Positivity as well helps people with, with jobs. It helps them with confidence. It helps them with their outlook in life. It helps them with their relationship. Uh, it, it helps people with leadership as well. It just helps in so many different parts of our lives. I'm asking people for what they are thankful for in life. What are the things that you're thankful for? Does that fit into this kind of framework, Andrew? 
Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of research as well going like parallel looking at faith and positivity. And there's some, some really good correlations is people who are thankful or people who are gracious tend to, to be appreciative. They, they tend to, to thank uh, whether it's, it's a religion or it's to thank a person or whether it's to thank uh, great events in their lives. It, it's, it's really simple things, isn't it? Like a sunrise every day can be beautiful so, if you slow down and look at it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that whole notion of, of being thankful and being gracious is really linked in with this as well. Like, well, for me, I'm very thankful for my beautiful children. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get home and, and see your little kids and run up and then they stick their arms out and go, Dad, Dad, or our, our little boy doesn't say much apart from gurgling, but I'm thankful <laughs> for that. Um, yeah. I'm thankful for, for having a, a great, loving family. I'm thankful for, for some great friends. I'm thankful that I've got a job that on, on most days I really love. Um, and, and I suppose you've asked a, a personal question, and I'll, I'll give you an honest answer. Uh, I was diagnosed with, with cancer a bit over four years ago. I had melanoma that my wife, Nina, thankfully told me to go and, and get a, a, a mole checked on, on my back shoulder, and she kept asking me, and, you know, typical blokes, Lee, we sort of yes. think it's going to be all right, don't we? And, yep. Yep. And, 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 and thankfully, Nina kept asking, and I got it checked, and it was diagnosed with a melanoma. So I, I suppose to, to give you the real answer, what am I thankful for is I no longer have cancer, and... Um, it's a really different way to look at life, isn't it? When you, you you appreciate what you've got, and I find a lot of people who've been through an illness or a sickness uh, sometimes do reframe on this, and, and 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 they become very appreciative about what they've got. I have no doubt, Andrew. It's been really helpful to uh, speak. Very positive conversation, and let's see where we take it from here. Thank you so much for joining us on Open House. Yes, thank you, and good luck to you and your listeners for their challenge. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.